0: Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrett's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Chris, as I say good morning to you officially, uh, we've talked about magnificent storm in WA for a long time now and he goes around at Gloucester on Saturday night and likely to start very, very short and probably a procession magnificent storm is that right
1: well it'll be interesting and we'll speak with maddie young in just a moment vampiro's a very fast beginner so it'll be interesting to see if they roll the dice and try and cross magnificent storm steve so that's going to be one question that we will ask maddie and he'll know if they can lead with vampiro so but on paper, yes, you're probably right. Draws the inside gate. There's no minstrel. Uh, Team Bond electing not to back him up uh, after his defeat last week. So they're going to probably wait for another week or two. But uh, it looks his race to lose after he comes up with that inside draw. So er- that, that mm. will be interesting. Ernie Manning said he might spell after this race, Chris, or rest. Yeah, and that doesn't surprise, given that those big races in Perth are early in the new year. So they come up in January. So we're talking about the Fremantle Pacing Cup, WA Pacing Cup. They're the obvious targets for him. So now's probably the time to give him just a little bit of a freshen up and then prep him for those big ones coming up in January.
0: Well, it's fair to say, and I know you've spoken to him uh, multiple times, Chris, in the past couple of months. Uh, Ricky Elshan, he joins us. He's had a terrific season thus far, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, too, right. Between Ricky and Jared, they've been able to uh, claim so many feature races, not only here in Queensland, but south of the border as well. And as far as Ricky is concerned, uh, his his plundering of these uh, nice races in Queensland, far from over. He's got a number of runners stepping out this weekend, including Crunch Time, who goes around in the open on Saturday night. And Ricky is online with us now. Ricky, appreciate the time. No worries. How are you, Chris? I'm really well. I've got to ask the question, because it's been asked of me lately. Are you going home at any stage soon?
2: Yeah, I am. Um, I don't really (laughs) want to, but, yeah, I'm heading home after Saturday night. Saturday is our last night of racing up here for this winter.
1: Okay, so you go home in time for the Breeders' Challenge?
2: Yes, so the three-year-olds, Captain Crusader, and our Akshamian will both probably race at Penrith on the 16th in their heat, the 16th of this month.
1: All right. Let's talk about crunch time. He starts on Saturday night in the open. What happened last Saturday night? Did it catch everyone by surprise, the fact that he basically took no competitive part in that free-for-all because he just failed to score up?
2: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, definitely caught us by surprise. But I think, you know, he had an easy week. Um, I missed him a week from racing, and he was probably just feeling a bit well. And Nathan said he actually had a few little... Bucks in the, in the prelim and then um, really just can it on the spot coming out of the score up and he, he just, yeah, was in a mood and he couldn't get him back down in time.
1: So you brought him back to the trials here on Tuesday between races. You drove him yourself. Uh, all OK?
2: Yeah, yeah, everything's good. Um, I mean, the track up here at Redcliffe, we couldn't hobble on it all week. Um, so he, he just needed to do something and I thought, well, I might as well give him a trial and get one ODM off and, you know, give him a little bit of a workout so yeah it's sort of you know it was wouldn't really be what i would do but yeah it's just sort of fitted this week so yeah no everything's good okay
1: it's not going to be easy on saturday night with that outside draw it probably has been made a little easier given the fact that we've got an early scratching of mac da vinci which really takes something out of the race but how do you see it from gate seven
2: yeah um i only just realized mac da vinci was scratched not long ago actually um yeah these races yeah, none of them are easy to win at that level. And, you know, once again, uh, there's speed to to his inside. And, yeah, it's a very even sort of field. But it, he's going really well. And, yeah, he's, he's ready to run another big race. And then he'll go for a spell after that.
1: OK, the speed horses on your inside include Will the Wizard, who was really sharp here last week, Tommy Lincoln. Just looking at it now, and I know there's a bit of uh, water to go under the bridge between now and Saturday night. Do you expect a breeze up there in that race on Saturday night?
2: he'll go forward and um you know that's his racing pattern and he'll run another quick mile and you know um yeah that, then we'll turn him out from there
1: okay so he goes for a break after saturday night tell me this has there been any sort of interest from north america for crunch time
2: yeah there's been plenty of interest and there's been offers thrown around um you know he, he was nearly nearly sold i think at one point and you know we had lengthy discussions with the owners um i feel he'd be the perfect course you know for north america but i also feel that we haven't seen the best of him here yet um he, he's never really had a good spell to season him in into like the the good racing he's he jumped from two racing at the top level at two straight into the top level at three um then sort of covert hit and all the um feature races got pushed back so He never really got a spell at the end of last year, only a couple of weeks, and then he sort of went straight into the top level again at four. So I just sort of felt they might have been, you know, maybe going too early with him. So we we elected to give him a spell, um, obviously, after this carnival, which is Sunday night, and then he'll be brought up for um, the sprint races in Sydney into the Miracle Mile. And, you know, I feel he can... Um, mature into a, a real grand circuit horse.
1: Is there a race that you're focused on with Crunch Time moving forward? Is it a race like the Miracle Mile or is there something else that's uh, on your
2: radar for him? Uh, look, we'll just take it as it comes, but obviously the two sprint races in Sydney, um, the Bohemia Crystal and I don't know what they call the other one now, but um, we'll, we'll look at them You know, around in the February, March and then yeah look to bring him back up here probably in the winter
1: all right blackhawk joe also steps out for the stable on a saturday night he's another one that's going extremely well so he starts in a race six drawn gate three uh he really disappoints this guy and he's starting to mature now and he's becoming that complete racehorse
2: yeah that's right like um as i've mentioned before on radio um he's got the world of ability or shows it at home and he, he is he, he's starting to mature and you know, his racing pattern probably now more days is he's better suited off the speed. He can sustain a, um, you know, a good long sprint. And, yeah, he's um, I'm really happy with him, actually. I expect him to, to go really close on Saturday night.
1: Has there been any interest from North America for him?
2: <laughs> no, not really, actually. I, when they were trying to buy Crunch Time, I threw his name around a little bit. But, um, yeah, look, he, he's in the same boat. I mean, he's, you know, he's obviously not at the level of Crunch Time, but he... You know, he's far from... his racing days apart from over in Australia. You know, I think his earning capacity can, can be quite large here for another season. And, yeah, I'm sure one day he'll end up over there.
1: OK. Uh, that's the Pacers on Saturday night. Tomorrow night here at Ellabian Park, we've got the Springboard Series final. One for the three-year-old, one for the two-year-old Trotters, and you're well represented in both. Flashy Seb firstly in the two-year-old Trotters. Is it a simple case, if he steps, can he take this final?
2: Yeah, 100%. Um, he's yeah, he's a nice little horse, and same thing. I trolled him on Tuesday at Albion um, once again because I couldn't do him up here at Redcliffe, and he actually felt terrific. Um, you know, he, he, I didn't do all that much with him, but he he trotted strong and he, he felt really good. So, you know, if he gets a clean beginning and and can trot, yeah, he, he'll um, he'll run a really good race.
1: All right. So the start's crucial there. What about Troy the Trotter? Was that him working between races here on Tuesday afternoon?
2: Yes, that's right. Um, I, I just... Same thing. I, I couldn't work those trotters. So, yeah, I took him in for a bit of a hit-out. Um, we, yeah, well, Troy the trotter. It's up to Troy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he can be a little bit up and down, can't he?
2: Oh, he's um, he's actually a frustrating horse. I've a lot of work into this horse. and You know, one day you think you've got him and um, he, he seems to know when it's race day, he trial is really good and he just hasn't put his right foot forward at the races yet so hopefully it is tomorrow night and if he does yeah once again he's got the ability and, and can win that race
1: okay well he's hoping that you can win those races puma road steps out tomorrow night as well he looks like he's in a very winnable race as well
2: yeah he is um he's sort of he's found the front tomorrow night um, but il prada and a couple of those horses are are in good form um he's probably going better than his numbers read puma road but um you know he's he's just an honest little fella um you know he, he always picks up a check and sort of yeah he, he's just a cool horse over around.
1: all right well they're the trotters that are here let's talk about the stable star which is the best trotter in uh, in this part of the world right now in tough monarch Nominations are closing off next week for those features in New Zealand. Will we see Tough Monarch's name in those
2: uh, lists? Um, they they phoned yesterday, actually. Brian Rabbit trained from uh, phone from Addington. Um, it's just so difficult with the circumstances, uh, the moment surrounding COVID. I sent him over last year, and I wasn't able to go. Um, so at this stage, look, we you, you probably won't see him there, just because I really can't. You know, see me being able to fight in New Zealand from New South Wales um, anytime soon. So yeah, we'll, we'll probably uh, bypass New Zealand this year with one Monarch, I think.
1: Disappointing for New Zealand fans, but completely understandable, surely.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah. you know, I, um, you know, yeah, it's disappointing not just for you know that race, but for you know all their races over there. It's just going to be so hard for the Australian horses to get there. And, uh, you know, when, when you've got top quality horses, um, it's hard to just send them away and not be with them. Like everyone tries their best and everyone does a good job, but it's never the same if you're not there. That, that's the way I found it last year anyway.
1: Yeah. When do we see him next then, Tough Monarch? Uh,
2: look, he just had a... Yeah, he, he was actually beaten a short-price favourite, um, his last start, but I wasn't actually disappointed in him. in him. I was probably getting greedy. I just wanted to get him over the half a million where I probably should have gave him a couple of easy easy weeks. So he's having them now. He had a bit of vet work done and um, ripped phone this morning and said he's back on, on his game and he's bucking around his paddock. So, yeah, he'll his biggest aim will be, um, I think it's October the 26th, the trot race at Melton, which I think is the night pistol, the group one down there. Okay
1: all right well we look forward to seeing him back in action uh in the near future tough monarch uh good luck across the weekend uh, with all those runners that you've got starting tomorrow night and saturday night and just on the fact that you go home uh this weekend is there a chance that you could be based here permanently in the future
2: uh look i i do enjoy it up here and i i do i don't know whether it's a near future but yeah possibly one day i mean i would love to maybe set a stable up here and and rotate horses around for you know um at least six months of the year or not really have a date on it but i I wanted to try and start it last year and once again um you know COVID just made it so hard to rotate staff that was the biggest thing um you know finding staff's not easy and finding good staff to to run a satellite stable um you know you you need good stabling uh, good staff in two states and yeah, it's just a bit difficult to do it under the circumstances at the moment. But, yeah, definitely an option that we, we could have a team up here permanently at some point.
1: Okay, understandable.
2: How was the fishing yesterday?
1: Uh, pretty good. It might, hopefully it's good again today. What would you catch?
2: You don't really want to know. I caught nothing.
0: <laughs> Where did you go? <laughs> Can I ask?
2: had a few beers, though.
0: Oh, I can't tell you my spots. No one ever does. <laughs> but salt water are you talking about? Yeah, salt water, yep. snapper?
2: Uh, we might go for a snapper this afternoon if the tide's right, which I think it's meant to be. Mm. Offshore, inshore, no offshore. Okay. No, Give me the GP, Just send they me like the catch, GPS points. like catching the little ones. We're all about the big stuff.
0: Shoot me the GPS <laughs> points. <laughs> yeah,
2: no worries. Yeah, that's going to
0: happen. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Ricky. No worries. Cheers, Chris. Yeah, Ricky Olsen. Chris. Uh, you're not. A, I don't think you're a fisherman, but it's something that uh, they just you just don't reveal. If you see guys cleaning fish or whatever and you say, oh, where did you get those? They say, oh, somewhere out there. And they just wave their arm around somewhere out there. they never You yeah. you'd never tell anybody. Of course you're not going to tell anybody because you tell no, someone, exactly. there'll 50,000 boats there next week. So Brittany Graham's actually in the studio with us. How are you this morning, Brittany?
3: Really good, thanks, Steve.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, we just I talked... bet you Brittany doesn't go fishing. Do you go fishing? No?
3: I went fishing at Hamilton Island on my last holiday. Oh, any joy? Does that count? Yeah. Uh, yeah, some very small ones that I had to throw back Dad said, so there mustn't have been much chop at all, but that's okay. It's all about the fun, yeah, isn't it? That's
0: right. I saw your dad out in the boat up there.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, he, he he's a keen fisherman. Whenever he can get away, he tries. So, yeah, yeah I didn't do him very proud, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've told this story a thousand times, but I was just talking to you off air about Rock Lee, the old days, which I absolutely love because I'd go there every Saturday and dad'd say, here's five bucks, nick off. And do what you got to do, which is hopefully back winners. And your dad in those days used to pull the strands across Darrell at, at the trots.
3: Yeah, that was. That was one of
0: his jobs in the early days. I remember seeing him there. Yeah, it I was about the same age.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, he uh, he did or a that. A bit younger. And then he tells me the stories about how he used to be on pickup crew when there whenever there was a bit of a crash, he'd run and, and help them yes. grab the horses and jump back in. Yeah. And uh, it sounded like um, well, no, that's sort of where it, where it all started for him. And I probably spent the first ten years of my life every Saturday at at Rockley. I used to love the. Uh, the kangaroo ice blocks, they stick out in my mind. That's oh, about it from okay. Rocklea. I
0: but had the chicken drumsticks <laughs> and the chips yeah, and the vinegar. That's what I used to get sitting in the grandstand. Uh, Chris, uh, Matt Young's not far away from
1: joining us. Yeah, I wanted to talk to Brittany about this Group 1 feature coming through at Bendigo on Saturday night. It's all important because, as we know, the Victoria Cup is only weeks away. We're basically a month away today. It's October 9 for the Victoria Cup. And, and Brit, this race is going to have A huge bearing on the Victoria Cup because it's attracted a star-studded lineup, and it's going to be very interesting to see how General Dodge, who's this boom horse in Victoria, he's a nine-year-old, but there's a massive rap on him. How do you think he's going to measure up in this race on the weekend?
3: It's just great to see him back, isn't it? And Tab Punders agree. He's been something like $5 into 210 uh, with Tab in the last few days. So he has been absolutely crunched and therefore... Basically, everything else has been easy. But his trial there a couple of weeks ago was scintillating. The times were unbelievable, and he's just so fast. He's just got such high speed, which we know is important in these big races you think about horses on the grand circuit that have had that electric high speed over the last few seasons the likes of Hector JJ I'm the Mighty Quinn and they just sort of take everybody's imagination because there's just very few horses that have that change up speed but it'll be interesting to see how Saturday night plays out first up in a group one but he's got those issues which have seen him do very little racing and most of his racing has been fresh. So I don't think that's a concern. I had to talk to Jason Lee earlier this week. He wasn't aboard in that trial, but he was very impressed with what he saw. And he's probably just a bit perplexed with the amount of support that's been around for General Dodge, considering that he's drawn out wide. There's a horse like Max Delight drawn to his inside who is probably as quick as anything off the mobile arm and he's just not really sure where he'll get to. So I'm siding with Western Sonador. I think he's got the draw and his performance last week was really good and I actually probably prefer him off pace as well. But we don't see a lot of these sprint trip uh, races in Victoria at this level. So it will be an, an enthralling battle. But yes, through this week, then we've got a lot of these horses are going to target then the Cure. The Kilmore Cup and then into the Victoria Cup so it's going to be a busy few weeks for many of them and Amazing Dream is another that's not there this week that uh, she'll bob up shortly as well so the likes of King of Swing expensive ego making their way south so despite the fact that it's going to be logistically very hard for a lot of interstate horses to get there it will be good to see some representation
1: Yeah absolutely. 16.50 as you said you don't really see too many sprint races into Victoria so this is going to be a, a very interesting race. Plenty of depth. Uh, 149 is the track record held by Ride High. I don't know what the weather forecast is for Bendigo on Saturday night. Is there any sort of chance that that record could be in any sort of doubt? No,
3: but I, I would say no at this stage purely because I know that it's a Group 1 race, but these horses still have so much to come over the next few months. and with the fact that reading between the lines I can't see general dodge really pressuring max Delight early I don't think it's going to be an extremely fast first quarter so I guess my map has max Delight in front western Sundor behind the leader maybe general Dodge one one on the back of wolf' stride so uh, from that position they might find their formation quickly and then I'm not sure that there's going to be that electric speed throughout to to push that 149 market this time of year anyway
1: Okay, I just mentioned just moments ago with Ricky Elch and those noms close off next Wednesday, I think it is, for the uh, the New Zealand Cup features, uh, both for the Pacers and the Trotters. Do you expect to see any Aussie uh, names in that uh, nomination list next week?
3: I don't think so, not at this stage, and we're probably in a worse position with COVID and travel than we were this time last year. The only Name that I can think of if you want to take her as an Aussie now is Amazing Dream potentially if she can get back across there and I think a lot will have to do with how the likes of Self Assured come up over the next few weeks. If he's flying, it would surprise me if Amazing Dream went back across when she's still got a few big races to come here. So I can't see so, which is disappointing because we like to see some Aussie representation. and There was some talk about a few making their way across. at $600,000 this year once more, but it's just logistically impossible. And then you throw into the mix the fact that the open class ranks over there are still so strong. There's probably not a a lot of room for, for anyone else to sneak in there.
0: Just a question I want to ask you both. With Amazing Dream, uh, when she won those races during the carnival, she was big odds, wasn't she, both yeah, times? Yeah, she was, and
3: I think she's yep. still $17 yeah, for the Yeah, so what I'm,
0: what I'm asking in the future, if this was a thorough wreck, you sort of be questioning, you know, she, she had the right run. Of course, King of Swing, I think, was unlucky in those races. Where does she sit going forward now with, with play you know, um, being able to feature is what I'm saying, given she was big odds in those races in Brisbane?
3: It's interesting, isn't it, Chris? Mm. I, I think.
0: Why was she big odds, by the way, when she she, she won that first oh, I one?
3: I guess she, pres- she was a four-year-old mayor in the Blacks of Fate taking on older, more seasoned rivals, and she'd been beaten in the mayor's feature a week before. And the rising sun, I don't think anybody saw the map coming, but Chris actually read yeah. yesterday the fact that uh, she's actually booked on a flight to North America in early December, which might see her even miss the Inter-Dominion. So we mightn't be seeing that much of her after all still to come in the next little while.
1: Yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, the fact that she is already booked on that flight, so yeah, it probably rules out the end of Dominion. Does it make it a a realistic possibility that she could go across for a, a shot at the New Zealand Cup? I wouldn't think so. I think they'll be just focusing on some of those Victorian features coming up. The Victoria Cup's an obvious one for her. So she should be back in the next week or two. She seems like she's fairly forward in condition. But, um, yeah, it's going to be disappointing that we'll lose her to North America sooner rather than later. But that's just the nature of the beast right now.
3: It certainly is, yeah.
1: Uh, just one other piece of news. I've been tracking this one down for the last couple of weeks. Speaking of New Zealand Cups, uh, speaking of good horses, Cruz Bromac, who won the New Zealand Cup, he hasn't raced for 12 months. Last I checked, he was he was retired. He's He, he moved from Victoria to New South Wales. is at his co-owner's property, Peter O'Shea. I had a good chat with Peter O'Shea during the week. He's back in work. Cruz Bromac is back in work. No set plans, and they haven't forced the issue with Cruz Bromac as yet. He's earned over a million dollars. He's an outstanding horse, there's no doubt about it. And there's no plans at this stage. So I wouldn't expect to see him in the mix for the Inter Dominion as far as nominations. We know those nominations close at the end of the month. But Cruz Bromac is back in work. But no set plans, and they won't know anything until they start sort of forcing the the pressure with his uh, track work. So just interesting to hear that he is back in work. So maybe semi-out of retirement, if you could call it that.
3: Oh well, we certainly wouldn't knock back having a horse of his caliber back in the the free for all ranks, would we? So no, that's it. That's certainly exciting mm. news, as as you said. I, I thought he'd sort of run his last race, but um, he's more than talented, and when he's at his best, well, that New Zealand Cup mm. win is proof of that, isn't
0: it? Brittany, do you yeah, think yeah, King absolutely. of Swings the best horse in the country at the moment? Yes. Mm. Okay. Where would Magnificent Storm, if he wins tomorrow with a leg in the air, we know he beat menstrual last week, Death Seating, where would he sit with some of those really good horses like King of Swing, horse like Magnificent Storm in the West?
3: He's so exciting. I, mm. I watched his race last week and sort of I was in his team and, and just the drift was concerning mm. for me but just the way he did it and then he wanted to prick his ears on the line as well and I know that we always it's hard when these horses don't race each other to get a really good line on where they are at but he seems to have all the assets, he's so tough and he's also strong and and quick as well so um, no, I think he's probably part of a wave of four year olds this, this was a four year old crop that I probably had question marks on earlier on but it actually seems to be probably one of the stronger crops i've seen in a little while chris would you agree
1: yeah absolutely it is loaded with uh, talent this four-year-old crop, and that's really exciting moving ahead when we look towards these grand circuit races so we've lost a few big names in recent times either through injury sale or, or retirement but it's good to see that we've got plenty of new fresh talent coming through brit what's your best bet for the weekend
3: Uh, Just looking at Albion Park on Saturday night, unfortunately, obviously Mac Da Vinci's out of that open class race which is a bit unfortunate, but still it's loaded with talent. But we'll look early. Race one, number two Bitcoin. I think that the race just sets up nicely for him. Uh, I have him in front and out of trouble from that position. He's been racing so well for so long. So he deserves to, to crack it on the Saturday night ranks. And I think Saturday night can be the night. So race two number, I should say, sorry, race one number two bitcoin and a, a bit of a later start there 613 so uh, hopefully we can strike early and build a bank there
1: yep fingers crossed race one number two bitcoin Britt, appreciate the time we'll chat again next week thanks chris yeah Brittany graham i know matt young's about to join us i was just wondering with magnificent storm chris
0: if he was in a race against a chicago ball and shockwave magnificent storm where would he measure up matt young's about to join us ask matt <laughs> i'm asking good morning matt
4: Good morning, boys. How are we? Good. Where does he sit? Um, yeah, look, he's, he's very good. Um, I, I, it all depends on where he sits, I guess, but um, he definitely uh, ticked off a big box last week, knocking off Minstrel sitting outside of him. In saying that, I don't think Minstrel went as good or anywhere near as good as he can go, but uh, that's taking nothing away from Magnificent Storm. He was outstanding to be able to sit parked, 155-mile rate, and he does switch off when he gets to the top. So he, um, he put him away pretty comfortable and just cruised to the line. So a nice, solid last half. And I think he would measure it right up there with natural progression with Chicago Bull and Shockwave. So hopefully we get to see all three of those horses race at the peak of their powers at some stage in the next 12 to 18 months.
1: Mm, throw in Hurricane Harley as well Can't wait to see him uh, around Gloucester Park In the in the near future He must be close Just a question with M- Magnificent Storm With the, the Brennan Memorial here on Saturday Is Vampiro any chance of crossing him at the
4: start? I don't think it'll matter um, <laughs> Vampiro's not racing at the same level that he was He was beaten over the mile um, previously And look, I think I think he is a chance to cross him uh, I'm not sure whether Magnificent Storm will want to get into a bit of a dogfight early over the longer trip. But, yeah, I think Vampiro might cross, but I still think Magnificent Storm will be winning, either leading or sitting in the breeze or however Eldo wishes to drive him. OK, what is your best bet for Gloucester Park Saturday night? Saturday night, yes. Race 7, number 12, Walsh. for Nathan Turvey's had the one run for the stable, pulled quite hard outside the leader, In a race at Bunbury, they went 156 and change and battled on to run a very good second, just beaten by the stablemate, the White Rabbit, who was well-driven to victory on that occasion. Comes to town, off of that run, showing uh, any amount of toughness. I think uh, the field suits really nicely that they could settle and Emily will be popping around to the breeze. It's quoted as $11 online. Uh, If you get anywhere near that, I think that is absolute bargain shopping. I think it is a really good bet. Race 7, number 12, Walsh. Nathan Turvey, stable, flying. Emily Savalco, flying. I don't think you can go wrong with Walsh in the 7th.
1: Okay, I like the confidence. Race 7, number 12, Walsh, our best bet. Matt, as always, appreciate the time. Enjoy the weekend. Looking forward to chatting again next week. Cheers, boys.